Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Heather McChee. We have recorded two episodes that are a little different from the norm. As you may know, our tagline is, because sometimes life leaves you wanting more. And while that definitely applies to marriage and life after divorce, it also applies to many other things like body issues, mental health, career, and any number of life events that challenge us. Now, we've brought together a couple women to discuss their experiences with infertility today. If you have been or are currently going through this process yourself, we hope it helps you feel less alone. If you're an ally, we hope this helps you understand how to support others you know who are dealing with us. Today, we're talking about the journey through infertility. All right. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I do have a special note. You may notice we are missing someone really important. Laura is not going to be with us here today. She had some things pop up that meant I'm flying solo. You just get me hosting today. I apologize in advance. Her car decided to lose its mind, so she's got to deal with that. But we decided we want to go ahead and record, have this conversation. But thankfully, I'm actually not here alone. We are recording with Lindsay and with Jamie. Um, in a group conversation, we are actually recording an episode that's a little bit different from the norm. Now, this is something that I dealt with as well, and we wanted to do a whole episode exploring the subject. And really, there are so many different kinds of experiences that people have with infertility. It goes all kinds of different ways. People walk away with all sorts of different thoughts on the subject. So we wanted to really widen the lens and talk to as many people as we can now, for me, I went through fertility drugs, something called IUI, then IVF, and then I finally did bring my twins Earthside, which is a term a lot of people that have been through infertility use. Um, I will say infertility treatment was one of the most challenging things I've ever gone through, for sure. And today we are joined by Lindsay Flader and Jamie Martin, who each had their own challenges and experiences. Uh, I think to start off, it's probably good to get to know you all a little bit and Let's give you all some space to tell a little bit about your own stories. Jamie, we can start with you. So I I kind of had an inkling when I was younger that I was going to have trouble. My cycle was all over the place, but I, I had an inkling. So even in college, when I met my friend Kara, I remember mourning the potential of not having a child and getting to a place where I was like, I'm going to adopt. Like, I'll never do IVF. It's just not going to happen. I'll adopt. But fast forward and I met my husband and my cycles were getting better. I found out I had low thyroid. Um, we were like, let's try. But we waited a little bit because I had just started a job. So we wanted to make sure I could get maternity leave because of course you're like, it's just going to happen, right? It's just going to happen like that. Fast forward, I got promoted to be vice president of product for this organization that I was working in at the same time we started infertility treatments. We started out with natural cycles that they tracked and then tried progesterone, but that sent me straight into a depression. And I'm really sensitive to hormones. I never was on birth control because within a week or two, I'd be calling my doctor and saying, I'm crying. I can't move out of my bed, like take me off of this. And we moved then into a lot more IUIs with trigger shots. And I was getting into such depression that both my infertility doctor and my husband looked at me and they're like, we can't do IVF until you're, you're mentally healthy. And so I had to get onto an antidepressant 
which I had been on before. So it wasn't a big leap at that point. But at the same time, it was one of those where I was like, oh, this is going to delay our process. And we end up doing two IVF cycles and a fresh transfer and ended up with our, our son, who's now two and a half. But fast forward, we're, we're now about a month away from doing another round of IVF for baby number two. And I can talk more about that experience, but I, I want to make sure, Lindsay, you get to share some of your, your journey. We're in round two of infertility treatments. Yeah. And yeah, Lindsay, I would love to hear more about you. Although I will say, Jamie, whenever you mentioned the word trigger shot, I don't know about y'all, but the first time I saw a trigger shot, uh, I pulled it out of the little pack and I was like, you're sticking that where? Because the needle is it, like in my mind, it was four feet long. It's really probably about four inches, but it looks enormous. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. I actually called my friend who's a nurse and was like, I can't do this. And she had to walk me through it. I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I can't do this. She's like, yes, you can. I'm going to be on the phone with you. I'm going to cheer you. <laughs> I was like, that's definitely going to hit a bone whenever I like oh, yeah. stab it in my butt. That's definitely going to hit a bone. <laughs> Um, Lindsay, what does your journey look like? Sure. Um, so I, I have a couple of similarities to Jamie, but I'm actually, she was talking and I'm very different. So, um, I'm, I don't want to say I'm happy about that, but I think it will be helpful for everyone listening to this conversation to have different experiences. So, uh, I actually never had any idea, inkling, or thought that I could not get pregnant at the drop of a hat. Uh, I am one of four children. My parents always talked about how easy it was for them to get pregnant. My mom's best friend from college, who she was friends with for 60 years, wasn't able to have her own children. And they shared, my mom always shared with me that that was tough because it was so easy for her and not so much for her friend. And, and at that time, um, my mom was one of four. My grandmother got pregnant at 43 with my mom in 1949. My whole life, I was like, great, I can just pop them out when I want. Um, my periods were like a clock. You could set your watch by them. Never had an issue with that. Um, I met my husband at 31. We got married when I was 34. And then we decided we would just wait for about a year and enjoy being married before we started trying for a family. And in that time, I found out that I had uh, a low thyroid that was 35. So um, we started trying, we tried for about six months, absolutely nothing. And uh, my periods were a little irregular. So we went and saw a fertility specialist fast forward to, we ended up doing four IUIs, two rounds of IVF, and an egg donor. And, um, unfortunately nothing worked. Um, I was for some reason in the 1% where all the fertility drugs just didn't work on me. Um, I weirdly had no problem with the shots. I was giving myself upwards, you know, three to four shots a day. And that part of it was not the issue. Um, that to me was like a means to an end. And it was the amount of hormones that I had to take to even see results. Um, and I started doing after the first couple of times, you know, I, I like talked to a naturopath and I went like gluten-free and dairy-free and no caffeine and no alcohol. And, um, that really made no difference. I did acupuncture, which was fantastic for my mental health. So if anybody's thought about that, <laughs> I, I highly recommend, um, 
but we did the two after we did the second egg retrieval because um, neither one of my egg retrievals resulted in any viable embryos by the end of five days, we lost them all. And so my fertility doctor said, if you want to do this a third time, I'm, I'm with you, but you are taking a large amount of hormones to get these results. We're not seeing anything from it. And I don't know the toll it's taking on your mental health, but my professional opinion is that we consider some other options. Um, and when you've wanted to be a mother for as long as you have memories, um, that was devastating. Um, so obviously it's a, it's a emotional situation, but um, I think we'll, we'll start getting into the nitty gritty, but I will say there's more than one way to become a mother and there's many ways to be a family. And um, we are also actively uh, on the wait list for adoption and we've done all of that. So um, the fertility part of the story is over, but my journey to being a mother is not. You know, it's kind of, um, y'all are talking it. So for me, it's in the past, you know, for me going through, uh, fertility treatment, I think is really awful. Like what a lot of people don't realize the way I, so the way IVF works and y'all please chime in if you think I'm characterizing it wrong, or if there's something, you know, cause I can only speak for myself and the people I know. So let me know if you think I'm missing something. IVF is probably one of the hardest fertility treatments that you go through because so what happens for anyone who doesn't know uh you get stemmed <laughs> they shoot you full of all kinds of drugs that are uh designed to stimulate your ovaries to make as many eggs as they can usually you only you know have one to very few a month um if you ovulate regularly or whenever you do ovulate if eggs even come out but the idea is to make your body make a whole bunch of eggs uh, with all these drugs, you get checked every single day. You get blood drawn every single day. I'm sure I'm sure this happened to y'all. My arms were covered in bruises from that. It is awful. Um, and then you go in and they retrieve all the eggs in a procedure. And then what happens is they fertilize the eggs. And when Lindsay was talking about the five days, they give it five days. And, and at the beginning... If you're able to get eggs, like some women are not able to get any eggs. They'll go through this whole process and the doctor will say, I wasn't able to get anything. Other women will have a whole bunch, but maybe a lot or not. You know, they use the word good quality, which makes you feel like even more of a failure. It's like, wow, I'm already here and I can't even make decent eggs, even with like $8,000 worth of fertility meds. Um, and then, so what Lindsay was talking about, every day you get a report. Okay. You start off with, I don't know, 10 and then day two, well, four died. You've got six left. Next day, you've got four left. And then for a lot of women, they feel really lucky if they get to the end and there's a good one in there, you know, that they can put in. So it's very stressful. And I'm just saying that for anyone who is not familiar with infertility treatments or have never done IVF, that's what it is. is well, there and it can go, it can go a step further because we ended up after my son, we ended up with eight left to use. But then because of my age, they require, our doctor requires PGT testing. We ended up with only two normal. 
Okay. And so you actually right. have a whole nother like layer on top of that. And when we did our, our last round of um, STEM, none of them were normal. Mm-hmm. And so we had five embryos, but they were like, we can't use any of them. Yeah. So if you have a friend that says she's going through IVF, that's what's happening every day. It's incredibly stressful. You're not, you're not really supposed to work out because you're being pumped with so many hormones. Like Lindsay and I actually have known each other for a long time and we work together. Fine. We worked together when Lindsay met her husband and we were giving her all kinds of, uh, we would go out for drinks. I remember after your first date, you were like, Oh, he's so we were like, Oh, you really like this guy. <laughs> um, but I was going through fertility treatment at the same time that, you know, that Lindsay and I worked together and, uh, it makes it, it is hard because you're getting pumped with so many hormones. You're not allowed to work out. Uh, it's hard not to cry all the time. Cause you're just like flooded with all of this stuff going on. It is so hard. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you about Lindsay, you wrote something really stuck with me and I actually had to like, take a minute, you know, and I'm actually tearing up a little bit. Cause even though this is eight years ago for me, it sticks with you. I think for the rest of your life, it's that traumatic, Um, But you wrote something, uh, you said, I don't remember a time, even when I was a child, that I haven't wanted to be a mother. And I thought that was really beautiful. Can you say a little bit about that? Oh, Heather, now you're making me emotional. I'm helping you. (laughs) You are. Um, Yeah, I, I truly, from the time I was a little girl, I mean, you know, how soon do we have memories? You know, five, six. I've always felt um that calling in my heart and I'm a very uh I think I have a lot of just like nurturing instincts I like to take care of people I'm very affectionate I feel like I have a lot of love to give and when you have that when that's a desire of your heart And you find out that it's not going to be possible in the way that you think. It forces you to reevaluate everything. And I don't know how you two felt, but, you know, I I was teased my whole life for being a goody two-shoes. I was never a drinker. I never did drugs. I never smoked. I... I... Tried to be a rebel one time I was like 22 and I, or 23, and I smoked, a, took a puff of a cigarette with some friends. And my friend was like, you're not even doing that right. Like, <laughs> I was like, I, I smoked a cigarette. And she was like, you're not even doing it right. This doesn't count. And I was like, oh. like try again. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've always loved healthy food. I was a fitness instructor on the side for part of my life. So I'm, I, I, I'm one of those people who was like, I did everything that you're supposed to do. And where did it get me? And that was another element of it is, you know, you try so hard to not um, project your feelings onto other people. But man, I'd see, see some celebrities post about getting pregnant and with with like like quote unquote regular people it never bothered me i was always like hooray that's great you know and i would always be like oh i hope that happens for me but like a celebrity who's just like flippantly like oh whoops i got pregnant he he oh that would make me rage 
that would make me rage. I, I used to get so angry because as much as you want to be in that space where you're so centered and this is individual and everyone's different every once in a while you slip into those moments of like, this is just not fair. And it's such a, it's such a hard thing to balance because I didn't want to be that person. And yet there's, there's certain times where you just can't help it. Oh yeah. I I actually, I actually can relate to that because my brother and sister-in-law were trying at the same time and they had toyed, they already have two children naturally, but they, their doctor was like, well, now you're getting older and you may have to do fertility treatments. And I just remember being at the office when my brother called me and my brother doesn't call. I mean, like brother calling, you pick up the phone because something is going on. And he proceeded to tell me that they were pregnant. And like you said, I was happy for them, but I couldn't stop myself from crying. My friend came in. I was just bawling there and my friend from work. Cause I did, we talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but I told key people, in my life about this. Um, and then eventually I started telling everybody because I realized that the support I needed wasn't going to be from <laughs> a certain um, section of my life. But she came in and she saw me and she's like, we're getting you out of here. And so she took me and we walked the streets of Chicago for about 10 minutes as I'm just bawling my eyes out because not because I wasn't happy for them, but it was just like, why can't it just be happening to me? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and I look at my nephew now and there's no, you know, I don't have any resentment to him. I love him to death. Um, but like, it was just that moment of God. Can I just have that? Mm-hmm. And it sucks, but I'm with you. Like, I, and I, right now I have that same reaction, Lindsay, too. Anybody who's flippantly like, look, I just popped it out. I mm-hmm. just, we just had sex once. I'm like, good for you. You know, I couldn't even believe that when they happened. Like someone would be like, oh, we're going to start trying. And then I'm not kidding. So soon after they were mm-hmm. pregnant, I'd be like, what? How's that happen? I mean, I know, uh, I, I know how it happened for them. We, we <laughs> did this, we did this for three years. And when I tell you the number of people I saw on like Facebook and Instagram, like people I knew, acquaintances, friends who not only got married, but got pregnant and had a baby in the time that I'm like in the thick of this still like nothing, 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 yeah. nothing. It was like, oh my gosh. And I don't know if this happened to you guys too, but one of the things um, that also that I think people don't, don't realize is when you are open about what you're going through. And I was, because I can't keep my mouth shut about things, but um I was open about it. And then some of those people that you're closer to get pregnant and then they call you or text you and, and then you get the, well, I was afraid to tell you, but I'm pregnant. Just a fun, like fun tip. Don't do that. Don't do the, oh, I was afraid to tell you because what happens is now you are putting the burden onto me. And now I'm supposed to be comforting you because you feel guilty because you got pregnant. No, thank you. I'm not interested. I'm doing enough emotional labor, trying to keep my head above water and work and take care of my mental health. 
I'm not interested in comforting you right now. And I had one friend who got pregnant with her second daughter and she just told me normal. There was no caveats. There was no, it was like, Hey, I'm pregnant. And I could be like, hooray, that's great. And we moved on. Yeah. So that, that, I don't know if that happened to either of you, but that was, that was, it did happen to me with one person, but I knew she was coming from a place. She didn't want comfort because that's just who she is. She's not one of those people who needs the comfort. She was like, I didn't want to tell you this because she was like, I didn't want you to feel pain. Right. And so I knew she was coming from that place, but it's funny. One of our friends actually for anybody who's going for infertility treatments, this is a Polish um, tradition because she told us she was pregnant and she knew we were going through it. She didn't do any caveats, but she's like, okay, now that I told you, you got to give me your hand. And I was like, what, what, what? And she started just rubbing my hand. And she's like, this is a Polish tradition. If a woman is pregnant and you rub their hand, you're, you're giving like, I don't know, juju to the other woman. And that, I mean, huh. I don't know Wait, if I believe- I'm hundred percent Polish. I've never That's heard sweet. this in my life. That's amazing. Well, she's, she's from Poland. So like, okay. I know she's I had Polish, no- Polish, she's yeah. Polish, Polish. Um, and I kid you not. It was like, the next month was when we did the transfer and my son came and I was like, oh, so I actually ran into a friend recently and I was like, you're pregnant. And she's like, yeah, I am. I'm going to pop any day now. And I was like, give me your hand, rub my hand. (laughs) Please give me some of that. She's like, what are you talking about? And then I told her and she said, I'm Polish too. How did I not know this? Well, the things y'all are making me think about two things. One, the tracking. Like I remember I, cause I, I started tracking. I'd be like, oh, my friends had two babies in the amount of time that, and I haven't even gotten pregnant yet. <laughs> like tracking that. And then also the crazy shit we do. Eating pineapple core. Like all of the, I mean, kind of, Lindsay, you alluded to this, especially before, like, it's almost like doing these like weird superstition. I'm not superstitious. I'm, I'm even an atheist. Like I am so not into that stuff, but I just started you get so desperate. You're like, I'm going to do every single thing I can do to tip it in my favor. And it just like, I don't know. The mental load is so hard with this. It's so hard on you. And that is how, and I would say, and I was not a weirdo. Like I think every woman I know who has struggled with infertility gets like this, where you are doing those funny things, trying to do everything you can to make it work this time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. Cause I actually went the opposite direction. Um, because there was so much mental load at work. I stopped acupuncture. I stopped caring about my food and my, and my doctors. I was like, do I need to do anything? And my doctor luckily was like, we need to reduce your stress. So if mm. you need to have a glass of wine every night, have a glass of wine every night, like do what you need. Do not stress about what you're putting in your body, you know, because it's, it's, she was like, there's no scientific studies that yeah. have actually proven any of this stuff. Um, now I did do the pineapple core thing because I actually kind of like pineapple core. I might be, it's an easy one. It's an easy one. And I was like, well, I'm cutting up the pineapple. I might as well eat it. But like, for me, it was very much, I take the step back because I was just so stressed out and even going to acupuncture, I would go, I'd be great for the, you know, 50 minutes she was giving me acupuncture. And then I'd step out and I was like, all the stress is back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that does, that is something I was wondering. I mean, I'll be honest with y'all and tell you, I never figured it out. I I was miserable the whole time I was trying to get pregnant. One day it did finally work and I did have 
twins, but mine were born four months early. So the stress just continued. (laughs) So I never figured it out, but did you all ever figure out like, what were some of the things if you were more successful than me of ways to reduce your stress or to, um, the mental part of this is so heavy. Was there anything that helped y'all that helped you feel less stress or that relieved your load a little bit? I opened up to my whole community, having that support network and then learning who I needed to lean into for whatever reason. So I knew who my cheerleader was, the person who was going to be like, Jamie, this is going to happen for you. Like we're, I'm here for you. I knew who the person was. I was going to hug and cry and get all the love from. I knew who the person who I could call up and be like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like this is happening and this is happening. And, and that was the key piece for me. It was figuring out who my support network was and what elements they could give me. So I had the nurse friend. I had, you know, I had all of these layers and that's, that's really the biggest thing that helped with my mental load um, was having a network of people that I could tap on the shoulder at any moment notice. Lindsay, what you're shaking you? your head. Yeah. Did you figure anything out? I have nothing to add to this part because I, I totally failed at this. <laughs> the The biggest thing that I figured out for myself was um, I gave myself permission to feel my feelings. And, you know, the the side effects of the hormones also give you, I don't know about you two, but it was like, roll the dice on what my emotions would be. Mm-hmm. I would be fine some days. I'd be irritable some days. I'd be weepy other days. I mean, naturally I'm pretty weepy, but you know, this is like <laughs> extra. Um, and so I felt depressed some days. Um, and so I really just like allowed myself because I think that when you go through this type of experience. There's a lot of people that talk to you about like, you have to stay positive. You have to stay positive. You have to stay positive. And I think that that's really important. Like, I do think that, that there is a mindset where that element is really important. But the other thing is that there are some days where you just don't feel that and you need to allow yourself to feel sad or feel angry because if you don't, then you can't let them go, or at least I can't. So, so allowing myself to feel my feelings and maybe it was, I laid in the guest room and watched old seasons of Real Housewives. And that was very comforting to me. You know, (laughs) I mean, that, that, that is what I, I would do. And if I needed to just cry, I would just cry. And my husband would hold me and we would talk. And sometimes I'd cry by myself. Um, I am a very spiritual person. And so I, I did a lot of prayer. Um, not so much of like the, please let this work out because I didn't know, you know, I don't know. We don't need to get into all that, but uh, (laughs) I did, I did a lot of prayer of just like, help me to accept what is happening to me. Help me to, you know, I may not have understanding, but give me acceptance, give me strength to do these things. Um, and then I did have some supports. I did talk to friends. Um, I kept it really quiet. Cause like Heather said, I-, I was working at the time and I just didn't feel comfortable sharing it. Um, 
with like in a work type situation, because I do think there's an element for us as women of like, I didn't want to advertise that I'm trying to have a baby because then everybody worries about what happens when you go on maternity leave. Um, so I, I kept it really quiet and, um, you know, like you said, scheduling appointments before and after work and all those kinds of things. So, um, it was the biggest thing was giving myself permission to feel my feelings. Oh, yeah. Lindsay, I have so much to add to all of that. Yeah, um, I'm taking notes here. So much because I, I went through when we first started, we actually got pregnant during our diagnostics. It lasted three days. And the next time, which I, I, it was a weird thing. Cause it was one of those where I was like, I'm kind of glad because we're about to go to Spain and I wanted to drink all the wine. But then I was like, but I'm really like, I was in this weird place of not being like being able to grieve, but not really being able to grieve. And then the next month I actually ended up in denial and every test and us women all know it's really obvious when you're not pregnant. It's really obvious when you're not pregnant. I was in denial and I was talking to my coach and she's like, Jamie, are you, are, have you allowed yourself to grieve? And I was like, huh? What's that word? Because the cycle you go through is so quick that sometimes you don't feel like you can have that, that space to grieve, you know? And so that's when I got the, the, the like slap in the face of you need to feel those emotions. And this is where my husband started learning about um, shows that I needed to learn to cry. So I'd be like, I have to cry. And he's like, why? And I was like, you don't understand. I need to release this and I can't release it. So for anybody who needs that from scratch is a great show on Netflix. I cried for a week straight. A week straight. I mean, check <laughs> that one out. Oh, so good. But like just tears, tears, tears. Um, and so that's, that's another place where I felt like my support was great because they would allow me to be like, Hey, have you grieved the last cycle? Because going and going straight to positive isn't going to help you. It's not going to support you. Um, and through that, that's where I started to learn the surrender piece that Lindsay was talking about. I, I relate to it as surrender instead of acceptance, because before my transfer where I did get my son, I just, I let it go. I said, whatever the outcome is, it's the outcome, you know, and I have never, I'm getting chilled because I've never felt that calm and that peace before in my life. But it was like, I knew I truly let go of what could happen and was okay with either outcome. Now yeah. I'm struggling with that now, but yeah. at least I know that that's a place I can touch and get back to. We are going to actually end here and record a part two. Everyone stay tuned for that. We'll be publishing that on Wednesday of this week. And thank you for listening today. Thank you. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Mm-hmm.